We're Bray's bits. We're for, we're for the birds. Well, we're for the birds. The birds are chirping outside my window. You hear those birds? I do. They're they're pretty chipper. They're Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones, chip it away. Should I just shut my window? If you want, you don't have to. Those birds don't deserve free air time. We got some breeze bits. We got some breeze bits. They're coming in hot, so ready or not for breeze bits. Mmm, bits. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta pay to play on breeze bits. <laughs> Sometimes birds are good. Charlie Parker was nicknamed Bird, and he was the best saxophone player ever. I like I like Charlie Parker a lot. Bird's yeah. a great nickname. Greg Bird, that's its actual last name. Marlon Bird. Marlon Bird, great ball player. Bird, Birdman. Larry Bird. A lot of birds. Bird is the word. Bird is the word. Braze Bits is the word. Welcome, everybody, to Braze Bits. This is episode 44? Wait, no way. We're into it? Oh, we're, we've are been we, in it. Are we? We've been dipped in on that little that semi par, not even semi par. That's below par. Bird riff, the eagle riff, if you will, to under par. <laughs> wow, that's that's foreshadowing for this weekend. We're into it. Episode forty four. Fantastic. Great to be here, Lance. Great to see your face. Great to be here. Great to be in the the virtual kitchen yet again. We're simmering. I feel like this is like. We've done so many of these virtual kitchens now. I feel like you're you're actually we're in the same kitchen. It's it's, it's nothing different anymore. It's gonna be weird once we go back to being in the same room. It might be jarring. Our minds have melded. Yeah, it could be like a jar a jar of nuts. Nuts. Jarinara. Yeah. Jarinara is that like marinara but in a jar? I think jarinara is like what they put on uh, in Chicago on like the hot dogs. A jar jar jarinara. What about Jair Bolsonaro? That's I'm not pronouncing his name right, but you know that Brazilian president slash dictator, the boss man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. We're not episode forty four though, Lance. We're into it. We Ahmad Bradshaw. Ahmad Bradshaw. We're into it. Terry Bradshaw. We're Bra- Bradshaw. We're, uh, I was gonna <laughs> say like we're sure gonna have a great episode, but it was a bit of a linguistic stretch there. Yeah, I would have loved it. I touched my toes, but then I pulled a hamstring. <laughs> it's a string dance on the Braze Bits, episode 44. Uh, it feels like we haven't braised in a while, but it's only been a week. For me, it didn't feel like we braised a while. I think that's just the, a youth. I miss the kitchen. I miss the Brazerbacks. I'm, I haven't done stand-up since the 50s, so this is, my, this is my one creative outlet. I did a Zoom show this week. It was good, but it is not the... The pod is almost like the best... It's the best creative thing going. It is. So <laughs> It is. It's the bee's knees. Yeah, it's the bee's knees. We're going to whack some some bits uh, on this episode 44. We've got a good one coming up. I have actually some exciting news to share from last episode. First of all, actually, we should welcome our new listeners. We've got a nice steady uptick of listeners over the past few weeks, I guess. Welcome to the Brazerbacks. The Indian Brazerbacks, the global Brazerbacks, the local ones from all over the world. Yeah, Brazerbacks from all over the world. Big shout out to our, our listeners from India. We, we welcome you, and we welcome everybody. Yeah, so welcome everybody to to the, the kitchen, the pod kitchen. What we like to do for a lot of episodes is we like to recap the last episode. So if you ever miss the previous episode, we you know, it's, it's a little bit of inside baseball, but we also like to get everyone on the plate. Yeah, so, it's, like, 
last time on Braze Bits. Exactly, exactly. Previously so, seen on Braze Bits. I think that's gonna that's gonna be new. Previously so. devoured in the pot <laughs> kitchen. <laughs> so previously devoured on the pod kitchen. Probably the biggest news from last episode was we got into a a bit of a, a dot tiff about sweatpants versus no sweatpants. Sure, yeah. Tiff Haddish. It, it, it got brutal. It, it's totally changed my entire... Pers- I mean, every week I learn more and more about you, but you're anti-sweatpant. Well, so tiff. I'm not so much anti-sweatpants as I am indifferent to sweatpants. I don't think they're as... They're all what they cracked up to be, and then it just don't do it for me, so I... I just don't care. Which is my but the fact that you choose jeans over them is, is just especially like for to go downstairs on a Saturday morning to grab a Bialy, you're gonna put on jeans, that just blows my mind to smithereens. Dr. Jean Gray, it's the X Factor. Great so family. so I had a few a, a, a bunch of uh, feedback items about this. A few Please. things. The most notable thing, so a few people, uh, number one, a, a new brazier backer, I guess a, a brazier back that I didn't know, uh, my friend Dell. We'll call him Peter Odell Beckham. Nice. Or maybe we'll call him Del Dellen Batanzas. That's a that's sure. a guy, right? He's actually yeah. he's actually a pitcher in high school, and he said sweatpants are overrated. So I love that. Oh my god! And he actually has I don't know if he's still in contact with Goose, but he was he was kind of a peripheral peripheral member of the flock. For all those Very new nice. Brazerbacks, Goose is an important mysterious character in the pod we don't know much about him he was my high school friend but he's since flown the coop and our questionable at best segment is inspired by him yeah anyway mr competitive another brazier back who's who's messaged into the pod before mm-hmm. he said he loved the sweatpants bit he loved it and he reminded me of something that i totally forgot about he says you gotta bring in Seidel for the sweatpants debate because Seidel... There's no way Seidel wears sweatpants. I see Seidel wearing khaki pants to sleep. All right, so this is what Mr. Competitive said, and it reminded me of something. He said, I feel like Seidel only owns sweatpants. At least in really? high school, that was the only type of sweatpants he wore. He wore like these like soccer warm-ups almost every day. We're so showing his cards for him. He's a huge fan of sweatpants, and I totally forgot this. He's like the sweat... Wow. He, he's like the sweatpant... He's the king of king sweatpants. King of sweatpants? He's the king of sweatpants. Or at least soccer wow. warm-ups, which are, which are similar. I would have never and, pegged Seidel for that. That's that, another card being shown. That's a, that's a card being shown involuntarily. Mr. Competitive is showing the cards of Seidel. But this goes to show that Seidel, for those Brazerbacks who don't know, is the pod nemesis. This kind of all started in our second episode where I messaged Eric Seidel, the poker player, professional poker player, about what he thought about the pod. And he said that it was a little too fast and that he couldn't handle it. He wasn't in pod shape. He wasn't in pod shape. Who knows if he is now? And what did you react to that? How did you react to that? said, you got to get into pod shape. We're not changing. You got to get to catch up. You got to get into shape to keep keep up with us. So we're not slowing down. We're moving and grooving. We're coming in hot, ready or not. It's great spins. So since then, Jesse has a bit of an adversarial relationship with Seidel. I got a chip on my shoulder. He can't call us out for going too fast. Trying to slow us down. He's got a chip witch on his shoulder. Bunch of chocolate chips and cookies and vanilla ice cream. And Seidel has instigated some things. There was the, a controversial pod review contest that, that Seidel was the judge of. So he's been kind of in and out His of the... State Park uh, like 
dense pound cake review of his, his trip to the different state parks around the country? Yes. Yeah, Un, so, unwarranted? So over the course of the pod, he's kind of riled Jesse up at random moments. But this is a new moment because this is a moment where it actually is shown that you and the pod nemesis, Eric Seidel, are actually on the same page. You both we might be on the same page, but he hasn't come to my defense. He, he hasn't reached out. He hasn't notified. This is this is classic Seidel. He could be probably the biggest sweatpants king in the world, but because I'm pro sweatpants, he's going to be quiet on this one. Kind of like slow play it, like he has pocket aces. Like, well, why not come? Why not come to my side for one Seidel? Back me up. Yeah, I showed his hands. I was like the dealer who who showed his hands. <laughs> yeah, what, showed his hand when I wasn't supposed to. I mean, I just from what I've grasped and, and, and learned about Seidel, I just can't picture him being a sweatpants guy. Was that a phase, you think, or is he, think, is he known to still be a sweatpants king? I think he still leans strongly towards sweatpants. Gotcha. I don't go out in like public to like social settings wear sweatpants. I'm not that kind of guy. But I, I will hang around the apartment, going to watch, like if it's like a, a low-stakes situation, like going to a friend's house, I'll just put on sweatpants, going for errands. So you're going to put on sweatpants in a low-stake situation. What about a high-ribeye situation? I'm throwing on pants. High-ribeye. If I'm getting some beef in my blood, I'm putting on a pair of slacks. That's good. That shows you you got the ribeye of the tiger. I do. Absolutely. So that was important news for me to share. Coming, That's coming big hot. news. I hope Sido, if Saito hears this, please reach out and, and let us know if you're still a big sweatpant guy and why you love sweatpants. I want to know. I have some, also some meal prep and some feedback from uh, Phil Jackson. Previously on Braised Jets. <laughs> I saw Phil Jackson this past Sunday. Part of my highlight. He's always part of my highlights. But every time I see Phil Jackson, we, we run the triangle, just me and him, even though we need another person. Um, he, was, he was happy with his performance on the fall list. But he both he was he questioned we both didn't talk about Halloween, and he said that you didn't finish his predictions. He said that he had like a last line about Halloween, and that he always signs off his predictions with "Braze on," which and, you, and sometimes you don't say "Braze on." So he was a little peeved about that. But Phil, overall, great performance, and and I I, I love "Braze on," "Braze on," "Braze off." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, with the, with the flow of. of- Phil Jackson's messages and then the flow of the pod, sometimes it ruins our momentum to go right. back and say, oh, and then he said this. Right. So, so I usually... I thought it was interesting. We're both, we're both, I don't think, big Halloween guys, right? I am not a Halloween person at all for two reasons. Uh, one of them is that I think, and this is going to this is gonna rile people up who like Halloween, but I think if you're a creative person, then you don't need Halloween. Yeah. I think it's a pretty childish holiday. I, the best costume we did, I did with Phil. We did the a barbershop quartet, me and a couple of other people. I th- I don't I don't even know if Phil was a part of the quartet. I think I think he mentioned that in his his predictions last week. Yeah, that was a great outfit because we, we we went around different bars and we started singing down little ditties. That's that nice. was always that, that was fun. But overall, I I used to dread Halloween. I'm I'm glad now we're at an age where like we're not really dressing up anymore. No, it's it's a bad one, but it's great. It's, I think we did a fall list that was very. It was an adult top nine of our favorite things about the fall, not mentioning Halloween. Yeah, that's all the meal prep I get. You want to head into our highlights? Let's dive in. I can go first if you want me to lead sure. off. Sure. 
All right, so I my highlight is one thing. I, I fasted yesterday for Yom Kippur. Yom Tov. And for those who are unaware, Yom Kippur, it's the Day of Atonement, and you're supposed to fast from... Too Fast and Furious. Too Fast, Too Furious from for 24 hours. I mean, I do. It's my it's like 22 hours. But I had a nice dinner at my sister's, and then we had a nice break the fast at my apartment, and I made these, like like lox pizzas so i made like pizza dough and then i put cream cheese and lox on top of them with like dom capers and tomato wow that sounds fantastic yeah and it was pretty good but i've been out of sorts since then and it makes you just appreciate you can't do anything if you're if you're not nourished you've been out of sorts uh post fast like well, your body's still now like adjusting to now having to eat. Yeah, I ate so much, and then last night I just ate a ton of desserts. Like we had this yeah. pound cake and cookies from the other day, and I just kind of, you know, uh, Ithaca is gorged on them. And I had such a sugar rush, and then today I had all this coffee, so I'm not totally back to to normal. So I appreciate the fact that we have sustenance all the time. Sure. And I like how, how Yom Kippur makes you, every year I remember that. I'm like, oh yeah, if you don't eat, then you can't do anything. You need food. That's that's the whole podcast is based off of. We, we wouldn't be able to do this podcast without food for and able to perform it and, and, and also materialize. We wouldn't be able to talk about anything. This is true. And then the second highlight is I watched this movie slash documentary called The Social Dilemma. Heard about this. Everyone's talking about it. it. Is, I'm surprised you saw it. This is, this is the biggest talk of the town. Usually avoid these things. Well, it's a it's a topic I've always been interested in. And it's, you know, it's about what social media does to people. And I would highly recommend it. It follows, I, I think I was more like, I followed kind of the, the guy, it's folk, the kind, of, the kind of the main character, so to speak, of it is this guy, Tristan Harris, who, um, used to work for Google and now he's, he founded this thing called the center for humane technology. And I've been following kind of that sort of thing for a bit. A lot of the people in the, in the documentary, this one guy, Jaron Lanier, he has some great books. I think about the internet and he was someone who like helped kind of create it initially. And, and then now is like, this has gone a bit nuts. Almonds, macadamia, pistachio even. Oh. And it's really good. It just, it just, I think, in a very well done way shows what social media does to people and society and kind of why it's, why it's looking like it's gonna, it's, it's continuing to do more harm than, than good. Yeah. I've only heard like amazing things about it, that it's, it's amazingly well done, but it's also just like really revealing and scary. That's why I think I've avoided it. Just like, I definitely spend way too much time, not necessarily posting, but just on social media observing like what and scrolling. And it's, it's definitely not healthy. Yeah, and it's a social dilemma. I mean, that's something I've always grappled with with comedy, where it seems like in order to be successful, you have to give in to these things. But the more you do it, it's like it sucks away your soul. And it's like, are you just making the world worse? But you also need it to advance your career. And, and almost in any industry, you, you at this point, you need social media to advance your career. So it's, yeah. it, it does reveal Mar- Marsala some really interesting things and i think and i think in a digestible way my takeaway from it and this is a generalization and this is also a generalization with men and women but i feel like in the psychologically manipulative thing i think 
especially, especially it talks about like how bad social media is for kids. And yeah. I am so glad that we grew up, I feel like right before it's, it started to get really bad for kids because yeah. we didn't have internet on the phone. No. And you know, we, yeah. Biggest thing we were, we were dealing with, at least for me, was like aim messenger. Yeah. And people's away messages. And that, like going to the bathroom. Like, yeah. Oh, we know that Lance is going to take a dump. Or is it fake news? Brett could just be a wacky uh, away son. Wack Goldberg. <laughs> but it, I think it, it kind of demonstrated how, I think, for, for young girls, it makes you feel like you're not good enough, like you're not pretty yeah. enough. It just kind of a whole self-esteem drain and just makes you feel like you're not good enough. And I think for younger men, it, it's, you're become more prone to like radicalization politically. Sure. And that was my takeaway. And I, I feel like it, it kind of showed the ways that those types of things happen, which I thought was, it was really well done. I, I got to watch it. I, I feel everyone's talking about it. I got, I got to get on board. It's educational. I feel like it's, it's, it makes you more aware, but it's, it's Jacob's dilemma. It's Jake Dellum. It's like, especially with our, uh, doing stand-up, doing comedy. I feel like 95% of the way I've gotten booked to do stand-up comedy shows is on Facebook Messenger. Yeah, no, that's why I didn't... I deactivated Facebook for six months at one point during comedy and I because I just was fed up. I was like, this is out of control. And yeah, your bookings go down. People don't... It's not... I think in the recent years, it's become more acceptable to ask for people's phone numbers, but I feel like there was a time... Yeah. 2015, 2016, you couldn't Especially do that. Especially if you know somebody just from like seeing them randomly at a couple open mics or in passing or maybe you don't even know them, you want them to do your show, you reach out, you friend them on Facebook first. Well, and especially in entertainment, it's like how people get jobs, people, TV writers get jobs based on Twitter now. On Twitter, yeah. But it's ridiculous. I mean, it's, it sort of is related to TV writing, but isn't. And It's, it's JJ Reddit. Yeah, it's it, it is Jake's Dilemma, that bar on the Upper West Side. Yeah. Jake Delhomme? Is it what was his first name? Jake Delhomme. Jake Delhomme. Wow. Stuff. It is very very interesting. If you had a, a kid right now, how old do you think you would wait to let them have social media? Kid Rock? Yeah. Kid Cut. How how I don't know. I would I would delay it as much as possible but not restrict it. I feel like if you hyper restrict it then Makes them want to rebel. It makes them want to rebel and just use it. So I feel like you have to kind of introduce it, but also explain in a way yeah. what it could do to you. Yikes. How long is the, is the doc? Good. It's like an hour and a half, maybe a little longer. It's very, uh, it. it's very doable. It's not like these TV shows we talked about a few weeks where you got to devote 35 hours to it. Right. Well, I, I got to start uh, reserving time on Amazon Prime. I don't know if you saw it was announced pretty much just before we started brazing that Borat 2 is coming to Amazon Prime. Borat, gift of pornographic monkey device premiered Mikhail Pence to benefit recently diminished nation of Kazakhstan. Yeah. <laughs> it, it premiered or it's going to premiere? It's going to premiere in October. Then nice. <laughs> we should do a Braze Bits uh, live watching, me and you. Uh, go on Twitch, do a stream. <laughs> it might it might be torturous for you, but for me it would be very nice. Yeah, I, I, 
<laughs> you know, I have no comment. I'm not going to commit to it. All right. Commit, ro- commit Romney. Nice. Speaking of politics, we got the big debate tonight. Be interested. You don't watch that? I can't watch it. It's unwatchable. I can't not watch it. A problem. It's just it's it's like a UFC match. It's going to be, uh, I think, compelling at least. I think it's going to be compelling. Like you know, like when your family has an argument, it's compelling. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, I really wish. Like your family has an argument that like you're not a part of, and you're like, I really don't want to be here right now. True. That, that, that is very true. <laughs> I think, you know what I th- what I think is going to be interesting, I think we should do, because we usually record on Tuesdays and the pod, we usually release it on Fridays. I think it's going to be really interesting. We'll see that the week of the election. I feel like we should record a pod before the election. Definitely. And then release it after. Definitely. I mean, and interesting. we'll see if, if I, Apple podcasts are still there. Yeah. We'll see if we're still here. Yeah, we'll see if we're still here. Could be a nice memento. Yeah. Christopher Nolan. Nolan Arenado. It's a baseball player. It's a slow pull, but I got it out. My highlight, going back to uh, Phil Jackson. I saw Phil Jackson on Sunday for football, and it was great to see him. I He lives in the Upper East Side, not to reveal too much. He lives in that area of, of Manhattan. And I was coming from Astoria, and I don't know if you know, they, there's a new ferry line that goes directly from Astoria to the Upper East Side. I haven't taken it yet. I think it just started in September. I took a city bike to this dock. It's on Vernon Boulevard in Astoria. It took me a seven-minute city bike ride, and then it takes four minutes to get from Astoria to the Upper East Side, to East 90th Street on the ferry. It was amazing. It usually takes me about 45 minutes. I took a bike to a boat, and I'm already in Manhattan. Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> it, was, it was a game changer. And then, to top it all off, Phil Jackson's waiting for me at the dock on the Upper East Side with a, a kerchief and waving like I'm a sailor coming home from war. It was a beautiful thing. He embraced me like I had just uh, gone to Vietnam and uh, greeted me with an open, open hand. Both had masks on, but we kissed with the masks. It was just fantastic. It got emotional. That's always good. I always wish I could see you when you came back from war. One day you will. One day. That is... That it, is, is it was nice. I think we talked about last episode, one of the episodes, where like it's all about kind of like how you get to a certain like place, like the traveling. Traveling has a big deal with, with your mood of how you, you arrive places. And the traveling, the, the commute to the Upper East Side, it was just so easy that the rest of the day was, was cream cheese. That's good. But you don't want cream cheese as a cheese. No, it was on a bagel. Was Phil Jackson holding up a sign like we we support our troops or something? Yeah, welcome home. We support our troops. Um, yeah, give me a big smooch. That's great. Yeah, I mean that could that could make a day. You're right. Good transportation does so much. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and just the it usually takes me so long. I usually have to take the transfer train. Take the train to 59th Street. Then hop on the queue, go uptown, waiting for the, the to catch the transfer. This was just a boat. Skip me over the East River. Yeah, and that queue, it could definitely be QAB. Bingo. Questionable. At, questionable at best. Best. Um, I actually had an unpleasant. That, that's interesting. You said I had an unpleasant transportation experience. It didn't need to be unpleasant, but it was. So, 
I went to my sister's to for Kol Nidre, the, the meal you eat before the fast. And she lives about a 15-minute walk away from us. We're on we're in like Lower East Side Chinatown. She's in the East Village. And walked there. My parents came and they offered to drive us back, which is super nice. But I went and got my dad parked his car in a garage. And you know, he's like, Lance, I can't I can't go to the garage. You gotta get it and drive to the apartment. <laughs> so when we were time to go, he offered to drive us back to our apartment. Right. He offered to drive back to the apartment, but he didn't want to get the car from the garage. Yeah. He's he's got bad knees and Oh, so you went you went to pick him up? No, I went to, I went to pick up no no. So we were all at my sister's. This was when we were leaving my sister's and, and then you go to get the car to go then pick him up. To go then pick him up and then they drive right. us back and then they go home. Gosh. And so the walk to the garage was like six or seven minutes. So that's already halfway. Initially, we're like, oh, that's great. Thank you so much for driving us. This is so much more convenient. We don't have to walk, right? But it takes about half the time it would take just to walk home to get to the garage. Then we get to the garage and the guy at the garage takes about a half an hour oh, no. to find the car. He's like down in the, you know how garage have like the chamber of secrets? Yeah. So he's down fighting the basilisk or is that whatever he's doing for a half an hour. And then he comes up and he says he doesn't see the car. But <laughs> we, we realize while he's down there, the car is actually up top in like the rental car section for some reason. And we're like, we think this is the car. And he says, no, it's not. It's like, I remember the guy who brought it here and you're not him. And I, re I realized it was clearly my dad was like, I'm going to be back here at this time, blah, blah, blah. So I had to call him up and him talk to the guy. But it was like kind of uncomfortable. And I think I think he might have thought we were like trying to steal the car or something. Wow. First you, yeah. you, you fast and then you're actually pulling it too fast too furious. And then his car is like one of these newer cars where like the when you shift gears, it's like on the steering wheel. And I didn't know how it worked. And then it was raining, and I had no idea how to do like the windshields without putting the car in like neutral. And it was, I was driving like two minutes, but it was just such a disaster. And went from a mitzvah to a, a missed opportunity. Yeah, so it just became the most inconvenient, stressful experience for no reason. Yikes! And then you know, and then it ended up being fine. But that goes to show sometimes you just should take the ferry. <laughs> yeah. Global warming, that's an inconvenient truth. You hate to, hate to hear that. I mean, especially you were doing a mitzvah trying to help get your dad pick up the car from the garage, and then you got an extra 30 minutes. It's That's just too much. And it wasn't just that it took long. It was, like, kind of stressful. Like, he yeah. thought we were stealing the car or something like that. And then when I right. drove the car, I, like, it was, I was, like, I couldn't figure out how it worked. It was, it was just a lot happening. Yikes. Yeah, but it is. It was an inconvenient truth, but luckily there was no accident. There was no gore, Al. Right, Al Gore. Frank Gore. Speaking of longevity and and great athletes, should we get into our top nine? Let's get into our top nine. We are doing our top do nine. Do 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 do. Wow, is that do top nine? Do, 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 top do, nine. Do, 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 Are doing our top nine do, 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 favorite athletes this week, Lance? Do, 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 Professional do, 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 do. sports do, 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 do. people. <laughs> that was a beautiful thing. You're like, uh, uh, you're, our Skype is very choppy. So as you're doing that, you're like, you're, 
Your faces were fantastic. That's good. Hopefully, rhythmically, it makes sense. Otherwise, it's just uncoordinated singing and you talking. I think it was rhythmically beautiful. So what did you say? I missed what you were saying. Did you say we're doing top nine athletes? I think I did. I don't even know. I was, I was also, as I was speaking, I wasn't even realizing what I was saying. I was listening to you do the music. So I think I said we're doing our top nine favorite athletes this week, Lance. We're doing our top nine favorite athletes. Talking sports. This one, I guess, might alienate people who don't like sports. But that's it's just, it's just an ingredient we have in the pod kitchen. So... We're gonna make See, it. I did think about that, and I didn't give you a heads up. But last night, I was just like, I was finalizing my list, and was realizing that a lot of people probably might be alienated. So, along with my top nine, I compared each athlete to a uh, a dish of food. Wow, I it just it, it most of them don't make sense, but I just wanted to tie in food into the overall scheme of things. Am I? I'm gonna have to do this on the fly then. That would be impressive. I just thought, you know, I'm sure people will enjoy this top nine the way we'll, be, we'll talk about our favorite athletes. But I just threw in a little bit of food just to keep the, the theme going. All right. I'll go first. Top nine athletes. These are my top nine athletes. Uh, number nine is someone I'm sure you and everyone have heard of, LeBron James. Wow, LeBron. LeBron James. I actually, so LeBron James to me, he's like a, a lasagna. Just layers upon <laughs> layers of, of greatness, really. I like LeBron. I actually don't really, weirdly enough, I, I don't really root for him. Like, I, I want, I guess he's in the finals right now and playing against the Heat. And I think I want the Lakers to win, but I really could care less. I'm just very impressed by the longevity of his career, how good he's been for how long he's been. And I'm mostly impressed by the fact that he has somehow exceeded the impossible hype that surrounded him. His whole, like, since he's been like 14 or 15 years old, he's, you know, been hounded by the media, like having that, like dealing with how horrible the media is basically for 20 years now. And he's met every single challenge and he's like been a, great role model for kids and he's done a lot of great things and to compliment that he's had an unbelievably strong career and clearly is one of the greatest basketball players of all time so i respect him immensely that was very well said my lebron james is my number six so i'll just and i i would say he's uh, I like the lasagna comparison. I have him as a, an aged porterhouse. Just gets better with age. Okay. The flavor profile just gets better and better the longer it's been around. And everything you said is true. He had so much hype. Is it more hype than any athlete of all time? And he's exceeded his expectations. And uh, I think he's the goat. I think he's better than Michael Jordan. His legacy will be better. But he's also. I also. I, I loved how he's gone through different phases. And when he went to Miami, everyone hated him, but he still succeeded. He went back to Cleveland, got them a championship. And I'm rooting for I love I love the Miami versus the Lakers matchup in the finals this year. And I think I'm rooting for the Lakers, but I, I like them both. Yeah, and that's interesting with LeBron when he did the decision and went to Miami. I was someone who hated that. I thought, like, Oh, if you're going to be such a great player, you shouldn't go team up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. But I realize that's 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 self that's projecting. I, who am I 
Who am I? Yeah. He changed the, he changed the whole landscape for players to take it into their own hands of now like it's exactly. kind of a player run league where you can choose your own destiny. And it should be a player run league at the end of the day cuz players are playing. Exactly. And I think it's he is helped setting a really important model. Obviously basketball it's easier to be a player run league cuz there's less players. So I think like football there's what 52 people on each team yeah. or something like that. So it's unfortunately just like football players have shorter career spans and it's almost like a supply and demand thing where it's like the basketball players on teams are so talented and they just have more power based on the fact that like LeBron is going to be in the league for 20 years and a lot of NBA players are going to be in the league for so long. But it's, it's shown, I think that, and the NBA is amazing at this, but like, you know, the players, the players are the most important aspect of, of the league by far. 100%. That's why you watch. That's yeah. why you watch the game. That's yeah. why we love sports. So That's why we love food. It's, it, to me, it's like such a, like almost LeBron's career model is like such a ref- refreshing juxtaposition to like college football. I don't like college football and I think it's just, it's, it's like a, it's criminal. I think it's criminal at this point. Like the amount of money that everyone makes and then players make zero. Yeah, I think I, I hope it'll change in the next few years. It feels like it's moving in that direction. Where players it, start getting paid. It does. Or it, get sponsorships. But I agree. I'm not a big college football fan. And it's insane how these programs and universities pretty much just make all their money off of football. And TV. Yeah. And ev- everything. Like merchandise. It's just literally every aspect of the economy makes a lot of money. And the players make not. It's just, it's, 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 cl- it's criminal. Criminal minds. Nice, Eric Mangini, man, man genius. <laughs> the man, man genius. Yeah, he he. If we did top nine coaches, he would not be in my top nine. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any jet coach would be my top nine. I liked Herm Edwards. I liked his, I, I like him in Rex Ryan's like personality, but as like great coaches, I'm not sure. We had like some. Some speech about like the bus, like the playoffs. You is play the bus. to win the game. Oh, that was Herm Edwards. Yeah, is that was him. Yeah, I thought he had yeah. some some speech about like if you're on the playoffs, you're on the bus, and then you have like, the whole thing is to get on the bus. Yeah, I forget how that went, but it's like something about getting on the bus. I like that one. Uh, number eight, I got. I don't think you're gonna know this person, but Kevin De Bruyne. He is a grown who? Kevin De Bruyne. He is most like Belgian fries because he is Belgian. He is nice. a soccer player. He play. I think currently he's the best soccer player in the world. He really? Plays, I've never heard of him. That's crazy. If you Google him, you might have heard of him. You might not have. He's like a almost like a Mike Trout type. He's, he's like a quiet, more reserved personality. He's okay. a midfielder. If you just watch, if you just Google like Kevin De Bruyne highlights... He is almost like, I guess the comparison would be maybe Steve Nash. He is unbelievably creative. He makes everyone better around him. And it's just like, like if you watched him, I think if anyone watched him, they would automatically like soccer. He plays for Manchester City, which is probably, although they're having some trouble right now, but probably the best soccer team in the world. And I would say without him, he's, he's the most valuable player on the best team. And just so just he sees passes no one else sees. He's also a great scorer, which someone in this position doesn't necessarily have to be. So quick, but in a sneaky sort of way. Um, I think combines athleticism with vision 
and creativity and skill in a way that actually makes me like soccer. Like that's like he's the reason why I think soccer might be the the best sport to watch because he takes I think all of the interesting qualities that you have across sports and, and merges them into to one player. And if you look at him, he's doesn't he's like a redhead guy. He doesn't like look like he's the he's this crazy good athlete, but he is. Huh. Yeah. Mom interested to tell look him up and watch some of his highlights sounds fantastic yeah yeah show stopping for sure and i don't like i don't really like the team he's on but like i can't help but watch him he's like one of those players like even if you don't like the team that's the definition of a great athlete yeah if you're one player that makes you want to watch like an entire game you're special yeah yeah and that's him uh number seven this athlete i'll compare to a margarita pizza or might i say a margarita piazza no it's way, Mikey Piazza. P. Mikey Piazza. I was a big Met fan in my youth, and he was part of the reason. He was my favorite player on the late '90s, early 2000s Mets. A lot of it was because his name is Piazza, and I like pizza. <laughs> but I really liked. I I never really played baseball. I only played one year of little league in my life, and. It was not a good setup. The way they did the age groups in, I guess, my little league, I was in third grade, and they did third graders, fourth graders, and fifth graders. So I was the youngest, and obviously fifth graders are going to be way better than third graders. And I just wasn't good, and I didn't like it, so I only played one year. And I don't know if I regret that, but I always liked the position of catcher. I thought it was... There was something cool and glamorous about it, and he was a catcher, and he was also a amazing hitting catcher, which at that time didn't really exist. So, yeah, and he also just seemed like a good. He was he was the Mets. He was like a star on the Mets. The Yankees were the team that had all the stars, but Mike Piazza was a legitimate star, and he was on the Mets, so that was cool. Right, I feel like I had, I had a weird like I feel like I sort of hated Mike Piazza growing up because Yankees and, I was a Yankee fan, and Yankees and Mets were kind of rivals, and like. He was the face of the Mets for so long, and the, the Roger Clemens thing when he threw a, was it, he threw the a bat at Roger Clemens or something like that in the, in the World Series. But he's definitely a, a legend. Roger Clemens like, threw a bat at him. All, the, the bat broke, and then Clemens threw the bat back at Piazza. Right? Yeah, Mike Piazza did nothing wrong. Obviously, <laughs> the Yankee Roger Clemens just chucked a bat at him, and nothing happened. Right, I remember that. Roger Clemens is a maniac. Didn't Mike Piazza buy like a soccer team and there's a big scandal about it? Oh that? yeah. It's great. Actually you, you subscribe to The Athletic now. I think I read that article. It is it's unbelievable. A pretty insane story. It's like one of my favorite articles I've read in the past like year or so. Yeah. Even longer. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean it was his wife. Yeah, if if you subscribe to The Athletic, I would highly recommend reading this article about Mike Piazza and his wife buying this uh they're like the third division Italian soccer team and they like There should be a movie about that. That'd be yeah. a great movie. Yeah, unbelievable. Nice. That was your number seven? That was my number seven. Hokey dokey. My number nine, I would compare it to shrimp cocktail because it's just, it's a special treat whenever you get to have it. Dwayne Wade. I'm a big Dwayne Wade fan. I was a big Dwayne Wade fan. People that know me know that I, uh, I sleep in a Dwayne Wade jersey or that's like my night pajamas. At this point, it's almost like a blanket that's been ripped apart. Uh, I just love the way he played. He had played with other superstars and he would always like be an amazing player, but he was never, I feel like he was able to put his ego to the side with Shaq or with LeBron. Like he, 
he was on different championship teams, but he was able to kind of like just mesh with whoever he was playing with. And I like that he had like a killer attitude, but wasn't, I feel people would try to like rile him up and try to get under his skin and he would laugh it off. I, mean, I feel like he had in the scuffles with Garnett or other players and he would just kind of laugh about it. Very easygoing guy, fun to watch, smooth. It's number nine, Flash Dwayne Wade. That's good number nine. I, I, oh no! I don't. You can't. He's a. Oh, you, you just. He's a Hall of Famer, Lance. He's a Hall of Famer, but Gabriel Union. He was. I, I. I like him, but I don't know. He's. He's. He's a good basketball player, obviously. Um, he was never one of my favorites to watch. I don't know. I mean, on that Heat team, he was the. LeBron was the guy. But I always he, did think he, I always did think different points where he carried the team. Yeah, they, he definitely carried the team a lot, and I never really liked the Heat. So, you know, as an I was a Knicks fan, and he was on the yeah. Heat, and I never, you know, yeah, I get it. I, he kind of is the reason why it made me like the Heat. And I like the Heat with when they had LeBron. I like the Heat now, the, the underdog team that they have now. They've been amazing to watch. But I like and it. I think it's also more because of the jersey. I remember I, my grandparents had a place in Florida. They st- it's still there, um, and we would go down there and sometimes go to a Heat game. And my mom got me a Dwayne Wade jersey. I think when I was like twelve or thirteen, and just I've, I've had it since. And the jersey kind of it, it, it built a connection with Dwayne. Sounds we sleep like, together at night. Sounds like you learned about team loyalties the hard way. <laughs> Junior and senior. Junior and junior and senior, yeah, yeah. I mean, I never really liked the heat. The only heat I've really liked is the heat that we cook in the pot kitchen with. Right, that's the best kind of heat. My number eight is Tino Constantino Martinez, who I would compare to baked clams because it is. It's just it's a constant. You go to an Italian restaurant, I'm getting baked clams. You go to a seafood restaurant, I'm gonna get baked clams. Uh, he was a first baseman, a lefty. I loved his swing. Just when I, when I think about the Yankees growing up in the '90s, I think about Tino. Fun to watch. I, I just related to him being. When I, I played baseball up until I think seventh grade, and similar to you, were like we played with some of the older kids, and I wasn't at, wasn't good enough to kind of keep up. And I, I love watching baseball, and I do have kind of regrets about not kind of following through and playing. I probably would be in the majors now if I kept playing, but Tino Martinez. I think he was a class act, still is a class act, and uh, he also, foreshadowing down the list, he played with one of my favorite, my, my favorite athlete of all time, previously when he was on the Mariners, just Constantino Martinez. Uh, that's, a, that's a good one. I always liked Tino Martinez because I like to say his name. Yeah, it's, it's very name. eloquent to say Tino Martinez. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't stop or start. It's kind of almost like the one one thing that's cool about I think French language when you speak French, it's like all the words are kind of like they just roll, with roll each together. Other. Tino Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a beautiful thing. I personally, when I was you know eight or ten in that that late nineties Yankees team, I always preferred to have a Chuck Knobloch party. <laughs> Love a Knobloch. Yeah. <laughs> Knobloch was a character. That guy. You didn't know what you're gonna get from Knobloch. Guy was almost a knobhead. Yeah, he was my favorite. Maybe Scott Brocious. Yep, Scotty B. Ferocious Brocious. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that team that's that's the team I grew up grew up on. That nineties Yankees team. You couldn't avoid Bernie them. They, they, they were everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere and anywhere. Yeah. My number seven is Serena Williams, who I would say I'll compare to French onion soup. Because if it's on the menu, I'm ordering French onion soup. It's the onions, the longer they the longer they stewed these onions, the better they've gotten. I feel like Serena, whenever she's on TV or or, or playing, it's kind of must watch. She's like she's very emotional, which I like seeing in players get emotional. And um, just it's been impressive how long her career is. Impressive what she's kind of stood up for for herself in certain scenarios on the court. Just intense, passionate. Serena Williams, unbelievable athlete. That's a good one. I like her career is amazing. she's probably the best tennis player of all time. Yeah, I think so. It's I have always been interested in tennis, but I've never. It's just like another. It's another thing. So I can't like commit to another thing, and I've never really watched that much tennis. The times I have, I'm like, this is great, and I I would like to watch it, but it's more of an idea of watching tennis than actually watching tennis for me. Because yeah. committing I've gotten that, into it the past like five or six years, committing that much tennis, like to me, it's almost like I'd be playing a Djokovic on myself. <laughs> you might get fed up, fed up with it. You never know. But I, I think you would like tennis. It's I've gone to the U.S. Open before this year. The past like four or five summers, it's always a fun event, especially when you get like a, a day pass and walk around the grounds. It's it's awesome. And I, I don't really watch it year round, or watch with the I watch the, the majors like U.S. Open and Wimbledon or the French Open, but I don't really keep up with like the different storylines. I I just enjoy it. That's I think a, certain athletes, certain players, like Serena, I always watch. That's the thing that I feel like some New Yorkers do. They go to the U.S. Open. You're one of those people. I am one of those people. Sometimes I, past sometimes, three, I've gone with my aunt. My aunt's a big tennis fan. Sometimes I say to myself, "Who are these people?" <laughs> I'm one of those people. I've never been. I think you'll like it. It's a lot of. I mean, post COVID, we'll see how it goes. But it's, it's like a lot of a lot of people. And yeah. It's also it's it's weird. It's like a different kind of tennis fans are a different breed. They're like kind of posh, like which which not rowdy, obviously, and very like uppity people, which makes for an interesting atmosphere. Yeah, I feel. I've like- always wanted to be interested of like starting not starting but like interested in the people who like tennis who aren't a part of that community like the the gr- like grungier like more scumbaggy like tennis fans. like tailgate tailgate yeah tennis match that yeah that would make it more interesting i feel like yeah. it'd be pretty wozniacky and wild <laughs> yeah but you literally can't even like you can't be the the, the judge quiet shushes people yeah. down before each point <laughs> like someone comes in with like a vuvuzela and they're like dun, <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun. yeah that'd be fun <laughs> That would make yeah. it, yeah. Maybe that's why I never got into it because the crowd is just like it, it just feels boring. It just feels boring. Yeah, like tennis is so exciting, but just the the customs of, of tennis watching seem boring. Yeah, which is great yeah, for me. Good. It's great for me, like because that's how I like watching sports. But yeah. I want the crowd to be into it. Yeah, you, you need an intense crowd. But I think it's also the tennis is great because it's one on one and it's players get pretty emotional, especially in these long matches, like. It's all in your shoulders. It's very interesting to see the psychology behind behind some people's reactions of like wh- how they react to certain moments. Yeah, and the sport—it's very in tennis, but the crowd is not that in tennis. Exactly, not in tennis at all. No, 
What if we started every time we volleyed back and forth with our bits, we started doing those like tennis grunts? I <laughs> 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 might get physical. I might, and then we start calling in and out on our bits. Like that was yeah. all. That one's on the line. That one's in. Full. <laughs> Forty love, Lance. Advantage, Jesse. Advantage, Lance. Do you ever play Mario Tennis? Oh yeah, that's a love classic. Mario Tennis. Wal- so good. Waluigi. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Waluigi. Right. Luigi. I'll go my number six. Yeah. My number six. I'll say this athlete is kind of like a sloppy Joe. Wow. And I don't know if you will have heard of this person. He was an Islanders player in the 2000s. Rick DiPietro. I only know him from uh, his radio personality, being a radio personality now. Yeah, so he was, I believe, maybe the number one pick. He was a very high draft pick for the Islanders. He was a goalie, and he was supposed to be like the savior of the franchise. They obviously in the 1980s they were like the most one of the most successful sports teams ever. They won four Stanley Cups in a row. No team has done that since. And he, you know, and then the 90s they had some. They were pretty bad, in, like from the mid. 90s to just just pretty recently actually um but in like the mid 2000s he came in and he was supposed to be the guy they actually signed him to a 15-year contract which is i feel like still unprecedented in sports like nobody's absurd is hockey contracts guaranteed i i don't know interesting and so he was the guy but he had like two or three good years like promising and then he had some injuries and basically that combined with never really getting at the level of what was expected, kind of his career, you know, kind of derailed. And yeah, now he's like a pretty successful sports commentator. Yeah, he's um, really, he's a really funny guy. Yeah, he's very funny. Yeah. Um, so I always liked him. I, I still have, I have a his like shirt jersey. I've, yeah, I've I always, think I've seen you many times with this shirt on. Yeah, I've always liked him because he represents just something that I feel like athletes have to everyone you know you think of professional athletes and you're like oh that's an amazing life you get paid so much money you get to play the sport you love it's so intense and so grueling and so demanding and so mentally taxing i feel like and especially when you're one of these kind of larger like you're not a role player you're expected to be the guy the mental pressure i feel like has got to be so much and this was a guy who maybe had it maybe did not but injuries kind of prevented him from ever reaching it. And he never totally made it in the way that people expected to him to, maybe unfairly. But he turned around and he ended up having kind of a nice career in the sport in a way that you wouldn't expect. Actually, almost I, br- I briefly thought about putting Jason Williams, or Jay Williams, on this, the Duke player, Duke point guard. Yeah. Who was like one of the best college basketball players ever. And then after his rookie year, almost died in a motorcycle accident and also yeah. has kind of made himself into a really good commentator, I think. And yeah. he's on the biggest ESPN radio, morning radio show now. Yeah. And I think like he has like an awesome outlook on, on life and um, I don't know, just goes to show that kind of the resiliency that sports teaches you is <clears throat> as cliche as it sounds. It's, it's not just about the game. It's, it's about life. Exactly. And, and it's, it's impressive DP intro. After, I guess I don't really know his hockey career at all, but it's fair that he was kind of an overall bust if he was the first pick. Yeah, I would say he, he could yeah. be a, like hated in New York, but now he's 
He's a he's on exactly. the radio. Exactly, people love him. Exactly, and I think people understand. Like a lot of it was just in you know you get in, you can't control injuries. Yeah, a lot of that actually yeah. has to do. I with, like that. Yeah, a lot of that actually has to do with like medical staffs of teams, and you know if they're forcing players to come back early, and what's that going to do? So I, I feel like there's so much that's beyond an athlete's control, and that's also another reason why someone like LeBron is so great, putting more power to the players because at the end of the day, it's 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 them. So if, if you got an organization forcing you to come back when you're not ready, like, yeah, athletes are generally insanely competitive and want to win and want to play, but, you know, you're, you're risking a lot. Did you see the story in the NFL two weeks ago when uh, the Chargers quarterback, Tyrod Tyler? I did. Yeah, game, that's so sad. Doctor yeah. punctured his lung. Yeah, super sad. Now his career could be over. Yeah, it's an insanity. Yeah, so it's, it's true that the medical staff is really important and sometimes yeah. dictate a player's career. Yeah. So that's my number six. My number five, let me try to think of a food goes with this. Almost like a, maybe like a perfectly cooked tuna. Uh, okay. I don't think you're going to know this, this guy. Um, Young Min's son is his name. He plays for Tottenham. He is like a mega celebrity. He's like one of the most, I guess, famous soccer players. He's like a huge, huge celebrity in Korea. He's Korean. And... Um, he is really, he's like fast. He's like, he's almost like, he's so clinical is the word they use in soccer. Like he, he just like, if he shoots, he's going to score. He's a technician. He's a technician. He's, he's surgical. He, and he is unbelievable. He's unbelievably fast. He's powerful. He's aggressive. Um, he, I think, especially in sport, like he's one of the few, Especially at that high level, he's one of there's very few Asian soccer players at that super high level, and he, I think, I think stereotypically in sport and maybe in life, I think world stereotypes are that Asians are not as aggressive, maybe more like uh, I don't know if meek is the right word, but he is like he's aggressive and he's like he fights and he he's like a he's very he's so li- he's also really likable. And this is so, wild. This blows yeah. my mind. There's these kind of superstars that I've never even heard of. He is, in soccer. He is huge. He's like never even heard of. Him. Yeah. Um, Young Min Son. Young Min Son. Yeah. If you search Son, like soccer, S O N. Check him out. He has some also some amazing highlights. He actually just got hurt this past week, and that's not going to be good. Because he gotcha. he's also he's also kind of evolved. He was like maybe a few years ago. He's always good, but he was like maybe a you know, like, like solid role player. And now he's like a full fledged star basically. And it's, it's cool. It's cool to watch someone rise like that where it's like, you know, everyone knows that this player is like decent, but then all of a sudden you make that leap and it's, it's cool to, to watch that in in real time also. Yeah. And he's kind of like in his, he's in his prime kind of right now. So he's another person, another soccer player that's, I think really exciting to watch. He scored. Uh, he scored four goals the, uh, the uh, two weeks ago. In one game. Yeah, in one game. Jeez, son of a gun. Yeah, son of a gun. Number four. Oh man, this one. I'd say this guy is uh, meat and potatoes. This is Tim Duncan. Wow! I should have known you would be a Duncan guy. That's a classic, absolute classic Lance pick. Oh yeah, he he plays the game the the way that it should be played. <laughs> no flair. Ab- I mean, absolute legend. Best power forward probably of all time. But one of the most boring players ever. 
<laughs> exactly. He got the job done. He won the championships. You didn't even hear from him. You would If he wasn't so good, you'd have no idea he was even on the court. Yeah. The glass was always open with Tim. I definitely appreciated him more in his later years because he kind of he got in better shape in his later years and just just how he was able to kind of still dominate players. Unbelievable, unbelievable player. I love Tim Duncan. But I was never like I – would, I wouldn't watch a game just for Tim Duncan. He's not that kind of player. I would. His he that's that's I think how pe- more people should model their careers. Just let your work do the talking, and don't let your talking do the talking. Yeah, but some players, some players can talk and back it up. I I, can, I, I like a, a louder, more emotional player. Not necessarily a cocky, but a player that's like, is is that good and knows they're that good and play, and has that swag. Like J.R. Smith. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I don't know if Jr. is as good as he thinks he is, the way he shoots so much. But I, I do. I, I like Jr. Smith. He's kind of a, a bonehead. That I mean, that meme of of LeBron and Jr. Smith is very funny, unbelievable. And there's just like, they're, especially now. I don't know if you've seen. They're they're not really they're not drug testing players. There's so many pictures of in, in the bubble. There there's so many pictures of him on the court looking extremely stoned. It's, it's unbelievable. Who does he play for now? The Lakers. Oh, he does. He doesn't, he doesn't really play. Oh. Hasn't played in a while. He's not really in the rotation. But well, that's cool. The, yeah, he looks super high. That's really cool because I thought that I just assumed that LeBron hated him, but clearly he doesn't. He, he's back. Yeah, that's cool. Sweet. That was number four. That was my number four. Hook it, though. My number six is LeBron James, the H. Porter House. We went through that. My number five. I don't know if you're gonna see this one coming. I would say this guy is. A cheeseburger. I I mean, I probably have cheeseburgers more than any other food. Eh, I don't know. It's it's David Wells. The hefty lefty. Oh, my God. I, I got a bobblehead of David Wells in my apartment. This guy is just an absolute icon to me. He threw a perfect game on my birthday, May 17th, which also, again, ties me. It connects me with him. I always think about him throwing a perfect game on my birthday. He threw that game also. Jimmy Fallon tells like a legendary story that he went out with David Wells all night long the night before, like drinking till like 6 a.m. And then David Wells threw a perfect game for a 1 o'clock game the next day. And he was still kind of drunk, which is just insanity. Just, just, I like how he wasn't in shape and that he was still amazing, still had swagger and cockiness, but wasn't like a typical athletic build. Just and 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 not typical Yankee. He wasn't typical buttoned up, straight of the straight on the line Yankee, which uh, made me like him any, even more. Yeah, he's the type of athlete who looks like the people who root for him. Exactly, which <laughs> yeah. is rare, very rare, medium rare, rare candy. Yeah, he well. So the Yankees have that rule where they're not supposed to have facial hair, right? Yeah, but he had a mustache. Yeah, what was there? I always wondered about that. I think I think there some people certain players have broken the rule. I mean, the majority haven't. I think he just had a good relationship with George Steinbrenner, and he was so good that he backed it up. He could do whatever he wanted. It's pretty well's done. <laughs> yeah, Bonzi he, Wells. he deposited a lot of money in his David Wells Fargo account. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's not bad. David Wells Fargo is pretty good. 
that's a, that's a contender. It's okay. My number four, I'm sitting below a framed picture I have of this guy dunking over Michael Jordan. People say that he's not dunking over Michael Jordan, that he's actually dunking over Horace Grant, but I think he's dunking over Jordan. It's number three in the New York Knicks, John Starks. Probably my favorite Nick of all time. I I, grew, I like learned of the Knicks and kind of like fell in love with the Knicks while he was on the team. I think he was ahead of his time of the way he played, shooting threes a lot, playing tough nose. He was. I feel like he just like he never backed down from everybody. He was very feisty and uh, just just an unbelievable competitor. I, and I, I remember just like I think he's part of the reason why. I, I fell in love with basketball, and it's my favorite sport. Just kind of the, the passion he played with. You're letting your st- Starks fly here. I am. I'm getting emotional. Wow, Cherokee Parks, John Starks. This is this is good. John Starks. Yeah, he was a he was a great player. And you're right. I think he was a bit ahead of his time in terms of, yeah. of how how he played. But despite that, he was always very valuable on on the Knicks, and I feel like he was one of the most well liked players. Definitely. He's, he's still, he's been with the organization when he retired. He's like now one of those players that's always like at the games, on the court, like shaking hands with players and fans. He's uh, he's an icon. I have his, his throwback jersey that I wear to the beach. That, yeah, that's a good throwback jersey. Yeah, I love the stars. And he's got a whole, what, family named after him in Game of, Game of Thrones. Exactly, Ned. Ned and the boys. Yeah, he's the king of the north. And it's one of those jerseys that I wear the John Starks, and it's like I get People. a lot of old timers because he yeah. he he also started his I saw him at kind of at the end of his career, but a lot of like older people know about him because he's around a lot longer, obviously. So people are like, "Oh, you're John Starks, you must be old." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm an old man." I that's the best part about wearing jerseys. I mean, I have like shirt jerseys yeah. that are shirts and jerseys, and I get that all the time, or not all the time. I get that a lot with the Rick DiPietro. If yeah. there's a hockey fan, but I get it all the time. I have a Mo Vaughn oh, shirt yeah. Love that. on the Mets. And people, it's not so much of like a, oh, I like that. People are like, what? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people forget that Mo Vaughn played for the Mets. Right. He was also one of the last players to wear number 42 before he was retired. So a lot Love of people that. are like, I didn't know Mo Vaughn was number 42. And It's an yeah. iconic jersey. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the best. It's the Mets. It's the Mets. Yeah. Diggity do. That was your number four? Yep. All right. So my number three, I'm not sure if you're going to know this this player. This is a hockey player. I'm going to say this guy is a solid, hardy poutine. And this is Andrews Lee. Now, Andrews Lee is the captain of the Islanders right now. He has a body type similar to mine, I think, in which he has gigantic legs. (laughs) I've never seen his calves. But his calves, I feel like, might be bigger than mine. Definitely his thighs. And he does the stuff. He was also, a few years ago, he was always good. But over the past few years, he's kind of emerged as both a quality player and also a leader. And I feel like he's the one of the reasons the Islanders did so well this year. So the Lightning actually just won the Stanley Cup. And the Islanders probably, they lost them the conference finals. And they probably played them the most competitively out of any team. They lost in six games. And it was... You know, a few things go certain ways. I think the Islanders could have maybe won the series. And he is, I think they have like, they have great team chemistry. And I think he's kind of the heart and soul of that. And he also just kind of like, he almost plays like a power forward with playing basketball where he kind of just like does the 
he like is like down low, like boxing people out, posi- mm-hmm. like getting ensuring good position. He has some good skill plays here and there also, but I think he just he puts his body on the line. And you know, we love when you you put your body on the line. He Absolutely. he he dips himself in. I love a guy who dips himself in. Another hockey player, or another player I've never heard of. This is like three or four in your top nine favorites of all time. I've never heard of. This is, this is insanity. Yeah. Jeremy Linsanity. Jeremy Linsanity. Number two, I also think you're not going to know. So number two, this guy, I'd say, is a chili that's been cooked for days with just unbelievable flavor. But also chili Davis? But also strength. That is not Chili Davis. It's this guy, Tangi and Dombele, who you definitely haven't heard of. He is Let's Tangere. He he's also on Tottenham. He is, I think, the most similar to talking about Kevin De Bruyne before. He is the most exciting soccer player, I think, of all time. And he or not of all time, but like of now. He's he's very young. He's twenty three years old. But he he has he he has the potential to be the most exciting player of all time. His he he's like you know a point guard who makes these insane passes, almost kind of like how Rajon Rondo will make these, like, ridiculous passes. Yeah. And you're like, how did someone do that? Yeah. So he's kind of like, he he's a midfielder. He play, plays a little like that. He just makes passes no one would ever be able to see or fathom. Um, but he's also very strong. He is also almost like, he'll, like, knock people down. He'll, like, use strengths. And he also, like, who's in basketball, who's, like, a really good dribbler who... I mean Rondo, I guess, but Steph Curry. Steph, yeah, he's almost like Steph. Like his his, um, you know, on the ball skills are out of this world. Creativity, creativity. Um, but he's also he can, I think, potentially be. He still has some ways to go, and he's actually now just kind of coming into his own. He had a pretty tough year last year. He's adjusting, and he, he's young. But I think he has the potential to be, like, I mean, he he's someone when he's on he's on the field. Like you have to you have to watch. Uh, he's on Tottenham. He's on Tottenham. Wow! Yeah, so they have a good team, and he's also French. Uh, so I follow his stuff, and it's you know, it, for me, learning French is like cool. To wow! Now learn. I know why you want to learn French, so you can run into him in the streets <laughs> and just oui, oui, bonjour. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think he's someone that you know, and if you know the next World Cup, for instance, he might be one of the stars. Wow! Dallas Stars. Crazy! I never but, heard of these guys. Yeah, but soccer is definitely my favorite sport to watch right now, and he's my favorite player to watch. So yeah, nice. And I, I feel like what do you so what do you think about soccer in general? Because I always thought like I always liked watching the World Cup, and then I thought like you know soccer is like kind of popular in New York. I always thought it was like for Europeans and for snobby people for a long time, right. and then I like I but I was always really into the World Cup. So then this past World Cup. I like watched it and I was like, I want to watch more soccer. And then I realized you can watch it on TV. It's on all the time. So right. then I just started watching it. And then it's, I think it's the best sport to watch for a lot of reasons. I think I've, I've talked before about. Yeah. I feel I feel the way you feel about tennis about it. Like it's just, I watch so many other sports. It's hard to get another, get into another one. I just, I love watching the world cup. I like, I would get into that every time it was on. And I just I feel like I just need more scoring overall and more like action and I don't love the flopping though there's flopping in the NBA yeah I, I think that the the lack, fact that a game could end one nothing to me is pretty frustrating sometimes it could end zero zero true yeah but I do I got I I don't 
I, I like watching it. I just feel that there's I, I have too many sports to watch. No, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I also like it, like compared to football and basketball, especially. It's just there is some flopping. I think it's gotten it's not as bad as it had been, but there's just no stop. There's like no stoppage of play, so it's like right. I just can't handle waiting for every play, commercials every second. It's just like it's almost like how baseball is great because there's that constant buildup. Right. That's one of the things I, I really like about it. And then I think there's a lot of skill and strategy and athleticism and, and everything that I think is mixed into every sport, kind of in a, in a nice in a nice chili with Ndombele. Love that. And son. Uh, so my number one, uh, my number one is almost like like truffles and steak and I don't know, like <laughs> the highest, whatever the highest quality thing. It's almost like the sushi at Jiro Dreams of Sushi combined with like the maybe wagyu beef right that's like a yeah maybe top notch stuff yeah tiger woods wow that's a number one number one numero uno i like wow forgot about el tigre yeah i mean single-handedly made golf like fun to watch exciting to watch made golf accessible for millions and millions of young people i wouldn't have played golf if it wasn't for tiger woods and I don't really like watching golf, but if Tiger's playing and he's like doing well, you gotta watch. It's a great one. Totally forgot about Tiger. I feel he's he's in like that upper echelon of like where everyone loves Tiger. It's it's kind of like you're not like a Tiger. I guess there there are there are now people who are like Tiger haters because of his uh, marital affairs, but for the golf world and for the sport world, it is an absolute icon, unbelievable. Must yeah. watch TV when he's wearing. The red and black on Sundays. Yeah, I mean, he's an icon. He's it just golf is such an impossible sport. It's the most impossible thing in the world, and he has shown that you could conquer it. And you know, obviously, I mean, even still, right? So, like, if you watch the PGA Tour still, like today, I mean, I feel like golf in general, like a lot of people, not a lot of people, but I guess sometimes golf gets knocked as being like a, a rich white sport, and. That's definitely true, but I do feel like it's less and less true in general. Like, I feel like I know a lot of people of all different backgrounds who love golf. Yeah. Um, But in the PGA Tour, like, it's still pretty, I mean, it's almost all white still. It's definitely the majority is white. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's also just, like, shown how, you know, there's stories about, like, Tiger when he's, like, there's some story about how he was, like, like, five or six years old and... They wouldn't let him and his dad play in the course because they were black, right. and he. They literally played. They're like, if if Tiger beats whoever, then they could, you know. So just like to overcome that stuff, and you know, that's not that long ago. That's also yeah. like, you know, crazy, and also I think very, you know, shows that, uh, like golf. I think in a lot of ways, like it golf does have a lot of great story traditions, but then. There's also some things that over time have needed changing and updates and adjustments. And uh, I think he simultaneously is someone who has moved the game forward in an unbelievably immense and powerful way, but has also coveted the aspects of the game that make it such a, you know, revered game. Yeah. This comes full circle. Started off the podcast with an eagle, and now you really birdied this, this one home. This, yeah, this is—I didn't see it coming. 
I, I didn't see it coming at all. And obviously, didn't even think about Tiger. Yeah, and obviously sure. he's had some issues in his personal life. And when you kind of read about his upbringing and the things that are put on him, you can't you can't excuse him uh, at all. But he's also not a murderer. He's not. He's not a. Uh, he's not a felon. No, he's not a, he's no. A human being. He, he's yeah. It shows that you know if you're if you're being put in that sort of life the way he was that you're you're going to be kind of messed up and sure. he was and it seems like he's moved in like a really good direction personally as well now yeah. um i mean it was amazing to see like one of my favorite i think i said my when we did our favorite sports moments of the 2010s <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i think i said tiger winning the masters was number one and i mean it was amazing to see how you know when he won in the 2000s it was always you know him and his his parents uh, his dad yeah. and his mom, and then this time it was his kids, and that was so cool. Very cool. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, and he's still killing it today. It's yeah, impressive. yeah, and he, to come back from you know all this, the you know not having a back to come back without a back. Yeah, Bert Backrack. Yep. My number three is, I would say, a New York slice of pizza, just an iconic. Something that you sometimes you take for granted of how consistently good it is. It's he is Darrell Rivas, the the best football player I've ever seen. With these two eyeballs, Lance, the best cornerback in the history of the NFL, a lockdown corner. If you look at his numbers, there's no other cornerback to do it. Through his peer in the Jets was just unbelievable. How he would shut down an entire half of the field. I would go to games with my dad and just like just I never. I think watching football is the best when you key in on like certain players. And just watching him every play of just like kind of wear down the best receiver on another team. And like by the fourth quarter, the, the players like barely like even jogging down the field because they know they're not getting the ball. Just an absolute, an unbelievable player. Um, and I'm happy he, he got a Super Bowl ring with the Patriots and kind of cemented his, his Hall of Fame career. Just an, an, an unbelievable competitor. Terrell Rebus and Butthead. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one i I'll, I'll lock you on reva's island please do lock me up and throw away the key yeah i never really watched the jets that much yeah i was always you know a giants fan more than a jets fan and uh, but my favorite thing about Revis is you know if, if you're if he's guarding you i guess is guarding is that the right word right yeah. guarding if he's guarding you you're going to be trapped on reva's island you're not getting out exactly so when we play football every year over Thanksgiving. One of my friends says that he gets trapped on Knobber Island. There's this guy who's his nickname is Knobber. Yeah. And he gets trapped on. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love it. It's the best. Yeah. So he gets, it's cool that Revis Island is made it into the pop. He made it a thing. It's mainstream. Yeah. And he was never like, I, I don't really know much about. Like, for some reason, I guess the Jets were never that successful. They went to the AFC Championship back-to-back years, but besides that, he like never became like a big like media icon, or like, he was never like that loud in the media. Didn't really have his own like line of clothing or anything, which I, I guess I kind of liked about him, like that he was a silent killer. Yeah, he wasn't going live with Revis and Kelly. Exactly. <laughs> That's a little egregious, but I like it. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, I would say this guy is popcorn because whenever he's on, 
playing. I'm going to watch. Get your popcorn ready. My favorite basketball player of all time is Stephen Curry. I I go nuts. He's revolutionized the game of basketball. Started watching with Davidson. I wanted the Knicks to get him so bad. Knicks were one pick away. Never forget when he got drafted. And just since then, his growth, I remember the first couple of years, he was good, but he had ankle injuries. So everyone thought that he would be plagued by this ankle injury, and he overcame that and just became the best player in the league for a few years, created a dynasty. He just he plays team basketball, even though he is usually the best player on the court. He always gives gets the extra pass. Just best, you know, just makes everyone around him better, his great handle. He's an absolute sweetie pie. The guy's the guy's the guy's sweet as cherry pie. Really nice. He's arrogant, but but he lives up to the hype. He's got that swagoo. It's Steph Curry. Well, you forgot the most important part. He's also a chef. Chef Curry with the pop. What? Yeah, exactly. Wow, I forgot about that. He cooks in the court. He cooks up his competitors. Yeah, he's cooking on the basketball court just as we cook in the comedy kitchen. He's almost like too good. I think like. Yeah, he makes code. he yeah he is a cheat code. He makes basketball feel more like a video game, and I think I love. him personally is amazing to watch. It'll be interesting. I mean, now what is he in his like early thirties? Yeah, be interesting more. to see. I feel like he's got one or two more really good years, and then I think he might drop off. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Him personally, the kind of height of his prime has been amazing to watch. I don't like what I think. He is so good, but I think a lot of teams have modeled playing basketball off having people on their team as good as him in the way it's just kind of all about shooting threes and and yeah. uh, spacing in the way that he does. And I think with him, it's exciting to watch because he's so good. But I think in general, that style of play with – not as quality players makes basketball for me less exciting to watch. Interesting. I think it's the most exciting way to play. The, the Heat are doing it in a different way, but they are shooting a lot of threes. They have like these, these guys, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, who are um, unbelievable sharpshooters, but they also create off the, the dribble. But I love, I like, I feel like in college, I would play NBA 2K and would like my style of play would be do fast break and then shoot threes when you have an open layup. And that's kind of how the Warriors play, of just like shooting threes nonstop. It's just it's fun to watch. I like, you know, I'm a Tim Duncan guy through and you through. Back him down, throw against the board, throw against yeah. the glass. Yeah, I got to get my rebounds, and it's just not the style of play I like. So that's <laughs> that's how I feel. But Curry himself is unbelievable, obviously. But I think I think that the focus to that has made basketball. I think I think worse as a sport. I'll say wow. it. I think it's, been, it's, it's exciting. You get to pick up some players from like Damian Lillard is now, or when he, in the playoffs, he'll be shooting from like just in front of the half court line. So like it's, it's changed the whole game of like where players shoot from, where you pick up players on defense. It's just a different style. Harry Styles. Bingo. And my number one, I just, I've got no words. He's, I, I would say he's key lime pie. My favorite dessert. It's, you feel cool ordering it. You feel cool watching this guy, Ken Griffey Jr., the kid, Jr., with the backwards hat. I, I have his jersey signed in my my apartment. Just revolutionized the game of baseball. Played with reckless abandon in center field. He, 
which kind of tarnished his last few years in the league. He had so many injuries, but the smoothest swing of all time. I, I could just watch YouTube videos of his swing. So clean, his stance is unreal. So cool that he played with his dad. Like I think the only duo, Griffey Sr. and Griffey Jr. to play in the same team. Um, they went back-to-back -back homers in one game, which is pretty wild. Just his overall, just just the way he plays. I played him so cool. And uh, he made me really enjoy watching baseball. I feel like before Griffey, baseball was very kind of just bland and kind of uh, playing by these unwritten rules and wearing a hat frontwards. But Griffey kind of made it into his own and uh, changed the game. Similar to Tyke Woods in a way. of like He was so good that it didn't really matter how he did it. Yeah, and I mean, he made baseball a slugfest. Bingo. Unbelievable. Unbelievable game. I remember fourth grade when that game came out, being so excited to go and, and, and pop that bad boy in. Go play some Ken Griffey Say Jr. Say hey! <laughs> <Some> Ken, oh! <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr. slugfest on N64. Yeah. Yeah. He's in there! Ah, that was, yeah, that was, in, that was in it. Yeah, his uh, his his dominance of the home run derby. When I was little, I loved the home run derby, and he yeah. won like every year. Yeah, the backwards hat. His swing. He was a great. I know you weren't a backyard baseball player, but he was unbelievable in that. Sure. And had a great stance. You know his stance. Yeah, his stance and his swing made baseball majestic. Exactly. And maybe maybe, maybe there's players like that now, but it doesn't seem like there are. There are a few players. I'm not sure there are players that make it seem majestic. Not. Really, this guy DJ LeMay on the Yankees is is pretty unbelievable, and and I think you would like LeMay. He's very quiet. They call him the machine because he like doesn't talk at all, and it's just he's a technician on on, the, on he's the only player to ever win the batting title in the AL and the NL. It's insane. I, I think that Bernie Williams and Chuck should do a music music act together, and they could be like knob knob blocking on heaven's door. <laughs> Nob nob blocking on heaven's door. <laughs> Bernie, Bernie would strum the guitar with that bad boy, making it into a melody. Yeah, very nice. I think that was a good top nine. I think we I think the the foods. Oh, I also I didn't say John Starks. I would say he's Buffalo Wings because he's spicy. He is spicy. Yeah, saucy guy. That's great. Uh, I'm gonna do our segment where we have our uh, our close people pick our. Guess our predictions. Sure. Or predict our, our picks. So Phil Jackson, obviously, picks yours. He's it pretty well. He this is he always has a nice lead in. So he said professional professional athletes is a golden opportunity for this golden girl me to really <laughs> <laughs> really dial up. Wait, he's calling himself a golden girl or me? He's calling himself a golden girl. All right, take it easy, Phil. <laughs> to, uh, Professional athletes is a golden opportunity for this golden girl, me, to really dial up the triangle offense. Jess, <laughs> Jess actually warned me this week would be tough, so the only appropriate reaction is to exude extreme confidence. <laughs> wow, I love it. I'm going to walk up to the free throw line and just let them fly. J.J. Redick from Beyond the Arc. Nice. The only choice is to start moving and grooving, swishing and dishing, wheeling and dealing, cool. spinning and winning, Styling oh and firing, weaving and achieving, curling and swirling, playing with fire and desire. Oh my God, Phil. Save some for the rest of us, Phil. This man's in fuego. So number one, leading off real strong, Ken Griffey Jr. Got it. 
If you didn't get that, that would have been would have been sad. It's, everyone knows I am Griffey Boy. That's my my Yahoo fantasy name. I'm a big Griffey guy. Has been, always will be. Then he's got Derek Jeter, aka Jeets. I did. I debated on having Jeter. He felt similar to like I did have LeBron James on my list, but it felt like everyone who's a Yankee fan loved Jeter. I love Jeter. He's an all time great. But like I related more to Tino and David Wells. By the way, a few, I don't know if it was last episode or a few episodes ago, Minka Kelly. Minka Kelly. Minka yeah. Kelly. Dirt Cheater Sex. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Martin. Yeah. Nah. He's, he's kind of boring. Great Jet, legendary guy, but was never like a, bit, a diehard Fart Martin guy. Patrick Ewing, a.k.a. Pat Chewing. Another, another great guest by Bill, Phil, Jackson, uh... I feel like I experienced Patrick Chewing his his post height of his post career prime. when he was had bad knees and like the entire New York media turned on him. So Same. I had a pretty sour taste in my mouth about Patrick Chewing. Same, and then they made the finals the year he got hurt. So it was like exactly yeah, uh, LeBron bang, got him. Dwayne Wade bang, bang bang. David Harris, nice. who? David Harris. <laughs> That's not a bad guess. The Ex linebacker on the Jets. That's so random that he. That's, that's like last comic standing. I'm not mad about it. It's a great guess. I'm a, I, I don't have a David Harris jersey. My cousin Reggie Miller has a David Harris jersey because he went to Michigan. He was great. I would never have him in my top nine. That's well, absurd. This one is even better. Peja Stojakovic. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> That's the Ray Donovan of guesses. Another fantastic guess, but just way off. And then his bonuses, he's got Rod Smart, a.k.a. He Hate Me. Yeah. Or me. Chad Pennington. <laughs> that's a dig. I know that's a dig. That's like a Golden Girls dig. Chad Pennington, that's, that's mean-spirited. I like Chad Pennington. <laughs> Check down Chad. Uh, yeah, he was, he was fine. I like his passion, his grit. And then... Uh, who, who did he say before Chad Pennington? Rod, Rod Smart. He Hate Me is a great me. one. Yeah. He's, that's my fantasy name. I love He Hate Me. And then he concludes the his predictions by saying, Brazon. <laughs> Thank you. He's going to appreciate that. He's going to appreciate that he included it. Brazon. <laughs> Brazon, boys. Great job by Phil. Always wacky guesses, but a couple... He got the big ones. Kate this week had she had she had a tough one, but I think she did unbelievably well. Really? Because um, she was like, I she was she almost boycotted, and she's like, I'm not doing this. I wish I wouldn't have. Uh, I wouldn't have been upset about it. But she did great. She used a lot of. I'll, I'll let her. She gave an intro this week. She said, "I am probably not a good person for this week. I should have subbed someone in." As I tell Lance, if I don't understand a Braze Bits reference or one of his references in general, I know it's a random athlete that I've never heard of, so I don't even ask anymore. With that said, here's some random guesses from teams <laughs> I know Lance likes and athletes I've heard him mention before. That's going to be my worst week ever. Sun, okay, here we go. Sun from Tottenham, yep, got it. Yep. David Wright or Mike Piazza from the Mets, got Piazza. Got it. No, no David Wright though. No. You're not but, a Wright guy. Uh, he looks a wrong? lot. He looks a lot like. Uh, do you know who John Bellion is? I know of him. I don't really know how he looks. He so. I was like decent friends with him at one point. We went to the basketball camp together and we were like... John Bellion is a singer? Yeah. Yeah. 
wow. anyway, a story for another time, but he looks, they look a lot alike. So I always just <laughs> thought of, of John when I saw David Wright. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> That's crazy. You knew John, John Bellion. Okay, then she goes, Boomer Esiason, who I've learned is Long Island Royalty. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a great guess. <laughs> that's a great are, you, guess. are you a big Boomer guy? No, but um, Matt Martin, who's a player on the Islanders, is yeah, married he's dating. To, mar- he's yeah, dating. they're married, and they just had a kid. Oh, uh, wow. But I always, when we watched the Islanders, I would bring that up all the time. And she was like, who's Boomer? How would I know this person? I was like, you don't know Boomer Esiason? He's like the... He's like, the most legendary Long Island athlete because he went to like a public high school and, you know, became Boomer Esiason. And he's also, he's actually in our Braze Bits in, uh, description. If you ever read the description of our pod, it's like there's some line of like, our pod is a bunch of humor with good humor ice cream bars and even some humor Esiason. Yeah, I love it. Boomer and Carton. Yeah. Great morning radio. LeBron James, got it. And then Andres Lee from the Islanders. Got it. Wow. I think only, she only missed David Wright. I mean, she, she only incorrect guess was David Wright. I think she got them all. But she said Piazza or David Wright. Yeah. So she did, oh, then, of- sorry, I didn't finish. She said maybe DiPietro from the Islanders only because he wears a shirt with his name on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great context clue. She's she just <laughs> using her eyes and ears. Just unbelievable job by Kate. That's came in, Came in thinking she had to sub herself out. Summer, summer in, coming, coming in hot. Yeah, great job by Kate. Fantastic. Don't die yourself, Kate. Strong. Yeah. I don't got any ads this week. Do you? I do have an ad. Uh, this week we are sponsored by Tough Actin and Actin. Now, <laughs> there's a real prevent defense. Like boom, Tough Actin and Actin. Nothing's proven to beat athlete's foot better than Tenactin. It's so tough, it actually prevents athlete's foot. Lamisil can't say that. No way. Get the facts. Get boom. Tough actin's and actin. Love that. Welcome to the, the Braves Bits Lexicon. Tough actin. Gotta have tough actin's and actin. Glad they decided to sponsor our our athletes episode so you don't get athletes foot. They actually requested that we say it instead of John Madden. <laughs> That's amazing. Did you ever get athletes foot back in the day? I used to get it a lot at camp. No, I have I have sweet feet. I thought you were the sweet feet boy. I have, I have sweet and petite feet, but for some reason, I think because of camp, I like I, I would shower, but like I would definitely be more dirty than I would be clean overall when I when I was there. So I would just I'll, I'll get I'll get pink eye. I'll get athlete's foot. I'll be an absolute maniac. A lot of athletes at camp. Yeah. Sweet sauce. One do our is that a QAB our hybrid segment. That combines is that a joke and Goose's own questionable at best QAB. I would, but before that, I would like to say we were we're really sad. We didn't get any questions this week. Zero questions. De- I'm devastated. Me too. We've been we had a good streak of, of getting questions every week, and especially this we have we have a lot of new listeners. Feel free to send us a question. We we dedicate a whole segment to it. I was Blink One Eighty Two Enema of the Devastated, and. <laughs> Yeah, we'd love questions. Just send us a question if you got. Um, you can email us at brazebits, brazebits at gmail.com, brazebits at gmail.com. Although, after watching this social dilemma, I don't want it, anything to do with Google. So, we'll, we'll keep it. But, yeah. Google. Google's humongo. Yeah, they're, they're Google. Google dolls. 
I'll, I'll get all based on my is that a QAB. This one, I, I feel like I'm calling myself QAB in this scenario. And I, and I also wonder if it's almost a bit. I, I've been living in, in my apartment in Astoria for over four years now. And knock on, knock on wood, I don't have any issues. I haven't had any issues like with the things working in my apartment. I haven't had any, any bugs or rats. But I get a text from my landlord saying that, uh, heads up, you're going to get a text from the exterminator. They, they need to come this week at some point. Um, so I get a call today. The exterminator says I, I need to come by tomorrow. And I'm like, is, is there like a, a reason? And said, a person in the building has uh, seen some kind of some, some bugs. So he wants to, to prepare my apartment. And I haven't seen a bug I've never seen a bug in my apartment. I've seen like under five bugs in, in over four years. And now it's just like, now I'm, I'm, I'm bugging out. I'm looking for a problem. I'm, now I'm on, I'm on the lookout for these bugs that don't exist. And then on top of that, I, since the pandemic started, I haven't had that many people in my, I haven't had really anybody in my apartment. And when I got the call that the exterminator's coming, I like, I keep my apartment in pretty good shape overall. I keep it pretty clean. But I like, for some reason, because I knew this person's coming over tomorrow, I like, I dusted the the, the windows. I, it spits back clean in here for an exterminator who's coming to to put down a couple of traps. I, 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 I steamed my, my couch. I washed my my doorknobs just for an exterminator, which I feel is, that's it's just QAB. Like, why, why do I need an exterminator for me to, to do those kind of things. And also, I don't know how necessary it is. I, I guess I, it's a good thing that he's coming to put down these things, preventative measures. But then I, 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 I can't start smiling about bugs that aren't even here yet. So it's safe to say that you don't want to make bug in this club? Not, not anytime soon. Not in this club. Do you want me... So I could go one of two ways here. I could make... Do you want me to make you more scared or... Like make you feel better. Just give it to me clean. Give it to me. Give, give, it to you give me what you want. All right. So this is what I think. This is not. You're not going to like this. Oh no. I'm going to warn you. You can still back out. Give it to me. Okay. I'm giving it to you. Don't say that I didn't warn you. I would be led to believe that one of your neighbors has bed bugs. Because when that happens, they are required to spray. They're required to check. They're, they're not spraying. In my They're not spraying. No spray. Just checking. Just just checking and they're putting down say he's like putting something behind the fridge and putting something like near my sink, under my sink. He's not they're not spraying. Okay. So that's okay. So that's Jeez Louise Lance. You're gonna <laughs> bed bugs? What the, what the hell are you trying to do to me? Because that sounds like the shadiest thing of all time. And if some, if you, if a, I had bed bugs once, and the building I lived in did nothing about it, and uh, they were awful. But what you're supposed to do is that if like an apartment has bed bugs, they have to check and spray. Or I think they have to at least check. I don't know if they have to spray, but they definitely have to check every adjacent apartment to make sure that they don't have bed bugs. And then they have to like report if your an apartment does have bed bugs, they have to report it and the thing. But um, no way. Not, I won't, won't have it. I don't got that bugs. No one here has that bugs. No one but in the story it, has bugs. It sounds like based on the, the specifics of like putting something behind your fridge, that wouldn't be where bed bugs are. So. Yeah. Not coming near my bed. 
Yeah. Doesn't sound like sounds like ants. Not doesn't sound like a bug's life. Yeah. But it's it's more like just my like. It, it, I thought it was funny. My reaction to it was like I'm gonna. It's almost like cleaning up for the cleaning lady to come over. Like why am I the exterminator gonna come in here and judge me for having a, a towel on the floor? Well, he's he might exterminate it, so that makes sense. Right. Yeah, that's. I don't know. I mean, I just like. I feel like when whenever landlords don't give you the full details, I always just assume the worst. Yeah. Like if landlords are vague, it's not good. Is what my I've been conditioned. But if you have a good landlord, like I've my landlord right now is actually the best landlord I've ever had. Yeah, I'm a great um, landlord. I, I trust them. I think they would. I think they would tell me if someone had that. Bugs. Yeah, my landlords are right now. They're kind of laissez faire, which is great. But yeah. if we do have a problem, I they would take care of it. I feel like. Um, yeah. But all the other landlords I've had have pretty much been, like, expect expect the worst. Yeah. Landlord, I just hope I don't have Lord of the Flies in my apartment. Yeah. No. Landlord, you don't want Landlord Farquaad. No. Or Lord the Singer. Yeah. Or Land, if you could be a hockey player who bashes in your teeth, Landlordy Howe. Who? Howe? (laughs) Gordy Howe. You ever heard of him? No. Really? I know Gordon Bombay. Yeah, Lan- Gordy Howe was like one of the best hockey players of all time. He was like before our time. But how is that possible? Gordy Howe is that? <laughs> the land, the land. He was in the land before time. Wow, really? Yeah, Petrie. Tish? Yeah, that is a good QAB. My QAB. I don't know what you're gonna think of it. It's a specifically. I guess it's not specifically New York City, but it happens a lot in New York City and cities in general when you're walking. And someone is walking towards you. I feel like I generally acknowledge that someone is walking towards me. And I kind of shift my body in a way that acknowledges that someone is coming this way to make ample space for the other person to pass by. Ample is farm ice cream. Especially in COVID times. I you're, feel you're like... Even more space. Yes. So I feel like it's it's more of a an issue now because you, you're supposed to be attempting to distance yourself from other people i feel like at this point especially where i live people have decided the pandemic's over it is what it is i think it's gonna come back hopefully it doesn't but whatever that all that aside um i feel like and maybe i'm noticing it more because it seems like you do want to distance yourself from people when you can but i feel like increasingly more and more people just are not doing that and i have to like I feel like there's been a few occasions this week where I've literally had to dive out of the way to so people didn't like brush my shoulder walking by. And I'm talking all walks of life. There's no like specific demographic. It's literally every range of, of human, couples, groups of people, individuals. And it's just QAB. I, I feel like we've, this is going back to the social dilemma. I feel like we increasingly live in a world where it's our world and then it's the world that everyone else lives in instead of it's that it's actually collectively all of our worlds and we all have to work together but everyone increasingly thinks they're the main character which they are of their life but like we're all we're all working together you if if two people are walking the same way it's both of their responsibilities to kind of move to the side together so you both could could pass through yeah I feel and like I've had to dodge, dip, duck, dive, tough. and dodge a bunch of times. Call me Patches O'Houlihan, but this I, you gotta I, be I, an I, athlete. You gotta, you gotta be a top nine now. I'm no average. That's tough. I'm no I feel very fortunate. I feel like a lot of people in Astoria are being very, still very good about it, about 
uh, walking, like, people go out of their way to avoid, or at least maybe it's just me. People are going out of their way to avoid me. But I haven't had, I feel like it's just a different landscape in Manhattan. People are, have that energy. Of, they're, they, once you're in Manhattan, you got to be walking fast, walking brisky, you got somewhere to be. I feel lucky in Astoria. People don't have that as much. It's People yeah. are still doing well of maintaining uh, distance from people. It's a real slugfest out here. They call me. They call me pandemic e mantle. <laughs> Mickey Mantle, absolute icon. My my grandma said I look like a Mickey Mantle. Okay. <laughs> Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Put me under mantle. Send me up. Yeah. So I just think I just think it's cute, especially in this pandemic time where you're supposed to be really getting actually getting out of the way of each other. I'm like I'm having to, I'm having to avoid like to dodge. Tr- walking traffic i think it's only a matter of time until you announce you're, you're getting out of the city i like I the we, city we, you're welcome to but not not in new york i mean like to a borough uh, i can see you enjoying a story yeah. or something something a little more of a slower pace yeah it's a it's a whole yeah i mean i could see that i think there's i think there's a lot of there's pros and everything's a pro and con evaluation and i mean that, that has been something that kate and i have considered like during this time, but then we remembered if you move, you have to like return your cable, your cable box. And then like, that's, have, that have the internet. it's not worth it. It's honestly not worth having like the internet person. It's come not in. worth it. It's not. That's a, well, that's probably the best point you've made on podcast. It's, it's, it's uh, I, I'd stay in the whole history of praise bits. I, yeah, I, I'd say not returning your cable, not moving because you have to return your cable box is probably the best point you've made in the history of praise bits. Yeah, I mean, turn me off, but it's a big turnoff. <laughs> those wires? What are you going to do with those wires? Carry them down the street? No, I just put them in a closet and they stay there for 12 years. <laughs> yeah. No chance. All right. The rapper. Should we bring in the bring in Armando Benitez? Let's do it. You're going you're you're up again. A one. I'm, I'm back. A two. Wow. Have you have you received any feedback about the new bit song? Not one ounce. Not one lick. <laughs> Wow, definitely not from Wack Goldberg because he's not listening the whole way through. Guy doesn't make it past the, the opening line. <laughs> yeah. yeah, impressive. If you made it this far, I appreciate everybody still listening to Brace Bits. <laughs> Got anything to plug? Yeah, I guess I want to plug Big Apple Box. We launched, t- I guess today, it'll be a few days, but if you go to BigAppleBox.com and you order before October 7th, you... Um, you could get our, our upcoming box, which is some good stuff. Jesse's going to get one. Hell yeah. Congratulations. I'm excited to get my first Big Apple box. I'm very pumped for it. Yeah, it's, it's going it's, it's, awesome. to be good. It's been cool, uh, you know, doing it. And if you are a Brazerback, if you put in, uh, there's like an add a coupon code for any of the options. There's a few different options. If you put in all caps, founding member. So all caps, founding member, you'll get 15% off uh, anything. You love that. 
He doesn't like getting a nice box coming to your doorstep with some, some goodies curated we're, by... We're, we're getting some good stuff. Love it. I'll give you one clue or one teaser, but you know that, that olive oil that you love is coming back. I'm gonna, the Essex Street yeah. olive oil? Yeah. I'm pumped. I'm going to yeah. douse myself in that olive oil. Yeah. It's good. I actually had a sample. Like, they, I guess a new batch just came in. Nice. And I had a sample and, oh boy. Can't wait. Yeah. Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy. Yeah. Shout out Fall- to Fallout Boy. They were our sponsor once. Yeah, still are. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got nothing really. Follow me on social media, Social Dilemma. It, it's going to ruin us all, but still slap that follow, like my posts. I still need it. And uh, send us a question to Braze Bits. We want questions. Yeah, send us questions, Braze Bits at Gmail, or DM us at Braze Bits. Beautiful. And that's it. Episode 44 in the books. Braze on, everybody. <laughs> Braze on. Peace. Peace.